the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your faith, where it begins and where it ends. Next, on Times of Refreshing. Hi there, and welcome to our broadcast. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today, we're taking a look at your faith and where it began and where it will end. We find it all here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It's a message we've entitled, The Author and Finisher. And indeed, Jesus Christ is the author or the beginning of your faith and the finisher or the ending of it. Won't you join us for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing? Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. One of the things that has been a common theme for me in the last about five or six months is really understand standing that all of us, if we're going to be effective, we have to take upon ourselves the ministry of John the Baptist. And we'll see how this ties together. Go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John, because he understood the value of Jesus, his place and his position, he understood who he was and his, the part of his mission. He made it his, his goal and his aim to point people to Christ and not to himself because he realized that he wasn't the author and he wasn't the finisher. But Jesus was the author and Jesus was the finisher. So in John chapter 3, verse 24, we'll look at verses 24 on down to 39, uh, excuse me, on down to uh, 29, we'll see, we'll see something here that's very, very powerful. It says here, for John, in verse 24, had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness, bear me witness, that I said, I am not the Christ. But I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the br friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine, look at this, is fulfilled. And then look what he says in verse 30. He must increase and I must what? Must decrease. And so, as a minister of the gospel, as someone that's leading people to Christ, as someone who aspires to lead people to Christ, we have to have the revelation first and foremost that he is the author and the finisher of our faith or of the faith. 
And once I get this cemented in my heart, I also have to realize that my job is not just to lead people to myself, it's to point people to him, and it has to become a culture. One of the things that I want to see happen within this church, it just becomes the culture of our church to lead people to Christ. It becomes a lifestyle. It's just in the atmosphere that everybody in the church is constantly and consistently being led to Christ, and there is never any confusion. But look what he says here in verse, in verse 24. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. Verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing. Now watch this. And all are coming to him. Now understand, John had his disciples who were with him, who journeyed with him in, 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 in helping to pave the way for Jesus' you know, uh, visitation to the earth. They were with him. They followed him. They saw the great things that John had done, the preaching, the prophesying, the declaring. And so here, John has a group of people that have been united together with him. That see his heart. That see his passion. But then all of a sudden, something begins to stir as Jesus comes on the scene. And now all these people that were once following John begin to follow Jesus. Now this is a challenge. Because listen, saints. It's, it's, it's inherent within human nature for us to want to, to feel accepted. To feel wanted. To, to, to want a crowd. To want to have... All this stuff, our egos have issues. Can I have an amen? But in this particular situation, you see individuals are saying that he's coming to him. And in John's mind, just imagine what he had to go through just from a, a human standpoint. What he had to fight off from a human standpoint. The things that he had to deal with from a human standpoint. But yet, because his heart was, was right, and his mind was right, he wasn't phased by individuals who were coming to him because he knew that this is why he was on the planet. And it has to become a lifestyle for all of us saints, where for, even in the culture of this church, and churches all, that we're constantly causing people to look to Jesus, and it becomes just a part of the culture. And saints, understand that if we're really going to do this, we got to get delivered from an ego standpoint and allow God to do what he's doing because we are not the author. And we are not the finisher. He is, amen? And so what he says here, I like what he says. Look at verse 27. John answered and said, Amen can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And I think this is the, the, the great part of understanding that we're to point people to Christ who is the author and the finisher of our faith and of the faith is realizing that anything that I have did not originate with me anyway. It came from God. And if it came from God, I don't have to grope and to fight and to toil to keep it. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, amen? But he has this perspective 
that causes him to sit into a, in a place really of strength as he's going through this process as God is transitioning him and he's starting to cause Jesus to begin to come on the scene and take his rightful place. He had this revelation. Do you have this revelation? Do we really have this revelation that And I like what he says here, verse 27. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Sometimes we hold on to things too tight, amen? Now realizing that when it comes to our walk with Christ, everything I had came from God anyway. No, you can't ride in my car. Well, whose car is that really? Can I have an amen? Lord, these are my kids. Are they really yours? Or did God give them to you to help to raise them for his purpose? See, see some of y'all looking down like, that's my boo-boo. That's my boo-boo. Saints, realize that we don't have anything unless it's given to us from above. Amen? And look what he says here. And that goes in ministry. It goes in life. We have to understand that. Then he had this perspective. Look at verse 28. He says, you yourselves bear, bear me witness. He says that I said, I am not the Christ. But I have been sent. Somebody say sent. He says, I have been sent before him. I've been authorized to go before him. I have placed, been placed in a position to go before him. God has authorized me to go and speak on his behalf to prepare the way for him and to prepare people's hearts for his entrance into their lives. Saints, every single one of you, in some degree, if you're a Christian, you have been sent to prepare the way for the Lord to enter somebody's life. Amen? It's not for you. And I think what happens is, what happens in life is that sometimes we fail to remember that everything I have, it comes from God. And God is sending me on a mission to, to prepare the way for somebody. Whether it's watering, whether it's planting, whatever it is that God's asking me to do. Is to prepare the way for the entrance of Jesus into somebody's life. He had this perspective. So he did not get clingy. He didn't get frustrated he didn't trip out he knew this is what i'm supposed to do this is why i exist this is the reason why i was born this is the reason why the father sent me on the scene he had this revelation and then he says in verse 29 and he who has the bride he who is excuse me he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly Because of the bridegroom's voice. He says, therefore, this joy of mine, I like this, is fulfilled. There should be no greater joy than for us to see people begin to get up and walk on with Jesus without always having to be dependent upon you. Now, I know I'm preaching now. Understand what I'm saying. It should be our greatest joy. When after you've discipled, you've blessed, you've poured into people, and then all of a sudden, they stop calling you for problems all the time. Well, let me, let, me, let me bring it down home. Let me bring it down home. It should be our greatest joy when our kids grow up and they leave the house. And they get their own house. And their own spouse. And their own car. 
And they're not calling you all the time. And they're saying, I'll talk to you next week. And I'm just, it should be our greatest joy. But sometimes it's not our greatest joy. I'm, I'm going to preach this. It's not. It's, you know, they haven't called me today. Yeah, they have a life. Can the eagle fly? They, they didn't, they didn't, they not, they don't need me the way they used to. See, some people are saying, praise God. Some people are saying, hmm. Because I like being needed. I like this. I like, you know, I like when they call me to answer any biblical questions. And I like when they, they talk to me and they feel like they can't do nothing without me. And they feel like, I, I, saints, I got to preach this because I, I want to make sure that we understand that it's not about you. And look what he says here. And it's not about me. He says, therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. It should cause us great joy when we begin to see our mission actually being accomplished. And, and I like verse 30, he says, he must increase and I must what? And this is life. This is walking with God. That you pour into people, you disciple them. And after a while, what should transpire if God is really moving in the situation is that person begins to get up and fly. And they get their own concordance. They get their own Bible. They get their own Greek and Hebrew study words. And they, can I have an amen? They go on their own fast without talking about joining you on your fast. And they have fast and you fasting for them. They not really... Can I have an amen? And they begin to start quoting scriptures. And they begin to start singing songs. And when the Jehovah's Witnesses come on their, over their house, they don't call you anymore. They start to tell the devil, that devil is a lie. I know my Bible, God. Can I have an amen? This is what God is trying to raise up. This is what God does. Because at the end of the day, if a pointed person is being pointed to Jesus, he's increasing. And every single one of us in ministry, in church, should be working ourselves out of a job until God brings the next person to pour into. Because at the end of the day, he's got an increase, and I've got a decrease. And if we're really secure in who we are, we'll learn to partner with God in the process. There's a place for infancy in Christ. There's a, cra- there's a place... For adolescence, there's a place for that. But after a while, and I love what Pastor and Elder Kenyon would tell us. He, uh, Elder Kenyon would tell you because we both were disciples by the same man, uh, Pastor James Davis, who spoke into our lives. And he would tell us he would look at our development over a period of time. And and Kenyon will tell you sometimes he would we sit down in a meeting. We have all the brothers. We sit down in a meeting, and he would say he would ask us biblical questions, and then he would say. You ought to know that by now. Elder Kenya, you ought to know that by now. What are you doing? Are you studying your Bible? And it really challenged me because it caused me to see that, you know what? And then he would say, hey, listen, it's time for you to grow up. He said, you're not going to be sucking on me forever. You got to produce your own milk. <laughs> you got to grow up and you got to produce your own milk, man. And then he would say stuff like this. He'd say, listen. He said, and I, I say this sometimes. He said, you got to be, have you ever watched the Animal Channel? 
And we would say, yeah, we watched Animal Channel. He said, have you ever seen how those wildebeest, they have babies on the plane? And the babies would, would come out. And the mother would lick, you know, all the stuff off of them. And then there was a period of time where that baby had an opportunity to get rid of their wobbly legs and to start going and to start moving and to start going in the direction. There was a moment of time that the, that the baby had, but after a while, the baby had to get up and start running with the west of the pack. Why? Because there's some lions on the plane. Can I have an amen? And But what happens is, sometimes in ministry, we sit back and people have been babies for 20 years. And we say, oh, sugar poo, you, you good. Praise the Lord. You're, oh, you're still, oh, baby, you're just. And God is saying, you better tell them they need to grow up. Amen. They're still dealing with weights. And the sin that does so easily beset them. Same thing for 20 years. When they going to grow up, get, kick that weight off so they can start to fly. But what happens is if you're insecure, you don't mind having people completely dependent upon you because it makes you feel important. But John the Baptist wasn't like that. He knew that there was a period of time that Jesus was coming and now he had to decrease so that Jesus can increase and take these individuals in the direction that he, he was trying to take them. And I think for all of us, as saints of God, there is a period of time for adolescence, for infancy. We know all that. But there's a period of time as God is beginning to enter into your life that even me as your pastor, while well, I have to continue to take a back seat so that you can grow, that you continue to grow and become who God wants you to become. And so what happens for a lot of pastors, and I just want to say this, they take an ungodly role in people's lives. Not realizing that you're not the author or the finisher. Jesus is the author and the finisher of people's faith. Can I have an amen? And so if I'm doing my job, I'm pointing you to Christ, not to myself. And you're following me as I follow Christ. And if I'm doing my job, I'm saying you're following me as I'm following Christ. But you need to follow me in view of Christ. And that's ministry. That's life. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. John the Baptist, he understood this. He took upon himself to do this. And Jesus said that of a, any man that is born of a woman, there's no one like him. He was special. He was unique. Why? Because he knew what his call was and he embraced it fully. And he pushed and pointed people to Christ. Saints, I want to remind you this afternoon that when it's all said and done... It doesn't matter what happens. Church, job, business, whatever it is that's going on in your life. Saints, understand that the whole goal here is to get you to Christ so that you become yoked to Christ and you begin to mature in Christ so that you can become everything Christ wants you to become in your life. It's not about being a part of a denomination or a movement or a this. It's not about me or your favorite preacher. At the end of the day, 
It's about Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of your faith. And as you're ministering to people, saints, continue to point them to Christ and and then know when it's time to decrease. Amen. Know when it's time to tell somebody, hey, you got to go and read your Bible. You got to. Because Christ, you're trying to get to Christ. Know when it's time to say, hey, listen, you know what? I prayed with you on this 20 times. You need to pray about this. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Listen to what I'm saying. Because a lot of times, people want you to do for them what they refuse to do for themselves. But this is a part of us maturing and growing as a congregation and as individuals in our lives. And then we take that same message and we give it to our children. We take that same message and we give it to people that we're ministering to. So people are actually growing. They're not in life with, uh, uh, and I want to say this, I hope you guys understand. I, I, I really feel like sometimes people's growth is stunted because individuals aren't embracing their responsibility. And that is knowing when to say, you know what, I got to back out. You need to work out what you're working out with Christ. John the Baptist took a step back Jesus came on the scene. He changed the world. Apostle Paul, the writers of Hebrews, all the, we look at this and we see how it was a mindset that was cultivated, that Jesus is the author. He's the finisher. Not a man, not a denomination. It's you and I getting before Christ and really hammering this home. You know, do, am I allowing him, saints, am I allowing him to really increase in my life? An increase in people's lives as I begin to decrease and let people fly and do what God's asking them to do and become who God is asking them to become. Father, I thank you right now for this simple message, which is a reminder for all of us. A lot of times, Lord, as we're going through life, we're experiencing situations. God, I pray that in this church we never lose sight of the fact That you're the one who's the author. You're the one who's the finisher. And I pray, Lord, even in this church, that we we would have such a culture that doesn't create an ungodly dependence upon man, upon things, but all of us become utterly dependent upon you. And that every minister... Every elder, every deacon, every member of this church is constantly taking people that they're pouring into and simply pushing them to Jesus. God, help us to discern the time, the time in people's lives. Just like Pastor James Davis did for us where he challenged me. He challenged Elder Kenyon. He challenged us to take a step up that you can't just depend on me. You got to know Jesus and you got to know your word. Father, I pray in this house that, there's, that this becomes such a culture, not that people don't ask questions. All of us should be continually asking questions, but Lord, we should also be searching out the matters through studying our Bibles and reading and praying. And I pray that in this church, there would be such, not only just for us, but for our children, that we wouldn't answer every question for our children. We would point them to the Bible so that they can read it and have their own relationship with Christ. And grow.
And Father, I pray that as we do this, that true discipleship will begin to spring up in this church. That true discipleship and conversion would happen because now everything it revolves around Christ. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the one who causes us to live the lifestyle through faith that he's longing for us to live. And Lord, I thank you for the ministry of John the Baptist. He wasn't insecure. When he saw people drawing near to you, it didn't faze him. He knew this is what he was sent into the world to do, to lead people to you. And Father, I thank you right now for what you're doing in this church. I pray that you would partner with us to help us to take our eyes off man and to get it on you. That your love and your life and your place would be secure in our hearts. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.